but I think overall the player and the caddy they have a strong relationship and I think the caddy is completely supportive of their player so does the caddy get a gold medal too bet your ass next episode buy or sell caddy should get a medal what's going on welcome back to a new episode of shank happens we've got a good one uh going on today we've got the olympics in tokyo japan happening this week we had a big pga tour event where cameron champ came out on top uh we're gonna hear his name all over the fucking golf channel now like we did a couple years ago cameron champ the new uh <laughs> baby goat i'm just ready to hear all about it but dude as always i'm super stoked to be joined by my man coach rusty out in orlando what's happening dude I'm your man. I like that. I like my that. main man. Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm pumped to be back for another pod. You know, it, it's good. It's good to be back in a rhythm. I, I'm I'm pumped for the Olympics. I I really am. And you and I talked offline a little bit uh, about the Olympics, and we'll we'll dive into that in, in on the first tee. But how we were kind of just not really pumped for the uh, the Olympics last time, and how our enthusiasm has 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 doubled. Yeah, I hope that's for everybody else too, because I mean it's a big deal. Um, I know there's some players that aren't that excited to go over there, and some that declined. But yeah, I hope people are excited about it. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. I'm looking forward to it. So, dude, last time we yeah, had but- a pod, you were going on a pretty cool trip the next day. Um, I want you to kind of walk us through a little bit of that because you know I think one of the things that we should do is kind of just what's going on in you know the world of Coach Rusty. What's what's Travis doing? Like I, I don't know, but I, I'm very curious because you got to go up to Oakmont and play, and I've never been up there. I've heard good things. I've heard it's really hard, but you got to actually go and, and do it. So walk us through that experience, dude. How'd you play? Yeah, it was it was cool, man. Like. I've got I've got a lot to talk about. This will probably be a good ten minutes, so buckle the fuck up, boys oh, and girls. God. So, all right, let me take a drink real quick. <laughs> it was pretty cool. I felt like a badass saying that. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I got I got invited to uh, go play Oakmont, um, kind of through Cobra Golf and through Arcos Golf. Um, so the CEO of Arcos Golf is Sal Sayed. I hope I'm not butchering his last name, but, um, Arcos golf is, uh, a collaboration with Cobra. They do the Cobra connect. You have visitors in the top of your golf club. You can connect to the Arcos app and it just gives you data, uh, as to what you're doing on the golf course. And it's actually extremely beneficial. I'm not much of a data guy myself, but the age of data is booming and I can see how it's extremely beneficial to a lot of players. But anyways, so shout out to them for having me out. It was, it was, uh, it was it was pretty cool, you know. I, I it was just a quick in and out trip. Flew up the night before, um, out of Orlando up to Pittsburgh. Hopped in a rental car, went to bed, woke up early, and showed up to to Oakmont. So my my expectations, I'll I'll say first were were extremely extremely high because, I mean, how can they not be when you have the opportunity to go play a major championship golf course? And um, you know, I've 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 played I've played quite a few of them. And a very historic course too, right? Right, right, right. I mean, established uh, what nineteen oh five or something like that. I mean, it, it's it's been through it all, and uh, all the greats have seen it and, and have walked it. So it's always uh, an experience to get to go a place like get to go play a place like that, you know. And I've played I've played quite a bit. Of, <laughs> taking a picture for the gram. Travis is uh, taking a snapshot <laughs> for our Instagram story. Hey so, man, you gotta you gotta promote uh, it somehow, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if so, you're listening so, to this podcast because I storied this, you're welcome. <laughs> I love that. So, you know, I, I played a lot of major championship golf courses and, I, and I'm so fortunate to do that. And, you know, a lot of them have been extremely great experiences. 
experiences and some not so much. Like Kiowa wasn't really pumped, honestly. Got to be honest, wasn't a big fan. Um, also, I did play like shit, and that might have something to do with my opinion on that. But mm-hmm. overall, I, I don't judge um, you know these facilities by how I play. I judge it by the full experience. So, you know, I, I show up and... You know, I, I obviously know that it's going to be a, a, a high-end place. They've got their standards, you know, like don't change your shoes in the parking lot, you know, no hats on in the clubhouse. You know, that's all to be expected. Um, but there was just like a couple things like, you know, prior to, you know, finally putting the peg in, in the grass and, and teeing off that kind of just weren't really my vibe, I guess you could say, like, I knew beforehand, which which I've actually never seen before, but after talking to a few people, I guess this is a rule at some private clubs where you have to play in under four hours, right? And this is a walking golf course for the most part. You can get a cart in the afternoons, I believe, but it's a walking golf course and you have to play in under four hours. And if you don't play in under four hours, the member you're playing with will have to appear before the golf committee. And I think there's like, like you, you have to go and appear before this committee and talk to them and explain the situation. And hold up, time out, real quick, time out. I can't even finish a round of golf in four hours walking at like my local course if I've got a full foursome. Yeah. And there's obviously, okay, obviously if it's just you and a buddy or whatever, I get it. But if you got a full foursome and ahead of you, a full foursome behind you, and you're playing in a foursome, dude, there's no way you're gonna walk the course for four hours at my local club, let alone. Right. I mean, Oakmont, which is extremely difficult. Like, are they, mm-hmm. you just got to pick up if you like can't find your ball in the yeah. rough. Like, you can't go back to the tee and re tee. Like, I mean, what the hell? Like, how, how are you supposed to do that? Pretty much. Dude? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it and it's just kind of that, that, that was the biggest thing for me. It was like, okay, like, I, I do like the fact that they're enforcing pace of play, but I don't like the fact that they're import- enforcing pace of play like that strictly. Like, like I get it. Like, okay, if you don't play in under four hours, you know, like give the member some shit, you know, or whatever. But like they, they have golf carts out on the golf course, like transporting people if they're a little bit behind to get them caught back up. And it's just like, okay, I get it, but there's really not that many people out here. Like what's the big deal. It's, it, it's just a little, it's a little ridiculous. So I, 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 I learned that before I even teed off and that already kind of stressed me out a little bit because, okay, you know, I'm at Oakmont. Of course I want to go play golf and I'm probably not going to be filming a lot because it's a major championship golf course. And when I do get to play those, I try to stay off the camera so I can enjoy it a little bit and just live. I mean, it's not every day you get to go play Oakmont. So, but there were some things that I wanted to do, you know, like I wanted to like go to the church pews and hit a shot. Like there was no one behind us. Like no big deal, but we still had hurry. So it was like, okay, well, I didn't hit it in the church view, so now I'm not hitting from the church pews. So it's like, it's just, it's just a bummer. And then, honestly, so you pl- you play the church pews um, on three and four, or is it four and five? I can't remember. Um, might be four and five. Anyways, it's it's on the left side of the fairway on the first par four, and then it's on the or right left side of the fairway, then on the left side of the fairway again on the next par five. And I kind of aimed for him, mm-hmm. but then I, I hit like a, a little bit of a, a, I bombed it, hit a little bit of a draw perfectly in the fairway, like hit, hit one of the fucking best drives of the day. And I was like, man, it, it would have been kind of cool if I hit it like shit in the church views. I was just flirting with it to be fun, you know, and <laughs> tries to hit a bad you know, shot. I was like, maybe I'll get my best shot of his life. All yes. Right. For content. 
Like, you know, like, and I hit a great drive. I actually hit driver grade all day. I'll get into the golf shortly, but you know, that, that, um, vibe prior to teeing off just really kind of threw me off. It's just like, man, like I kind of got to get out there and just play golf and rush and I can't like do the things I want to do. So I was like, I already kind of bummed about that. And then there's another thing where you can't like talk on the phone. You can text, but you can't talk on the phone, like really anywhere on the property mm-hmm. unless you're in, I think now they've kind of changed it a little bit to where you can do it if you're in the locker room. But in the locker room, they have these little booths, right? Like, yeah. uh, think of it like a, like a little booth in a train car, right? And that's where you go talk on the phone because that's where they had the, the landlines implanted in the locker rooms and people would go in there and pick up the phone and make their call. So even if you have a cell phone, you have to go in that booth and make your phone call, right? Yeah. And it's just like, damn, man, like shit. Like what if I have an emergency? I need to make a phone call. Like anything. Like, dude, it's a phone call. Like people, like, first of all, if I'm making a phone call at a really nice place, I'm going to go out of my way to like distance myself from people. Like, give me the benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to be just shooting the shit on my, on the phone with my buddy while people are trying to consider their, that they're paying a ton of money for because it's fucking Oakmont. So it's just, it was just a little, it was a little tight knit for me, you know? And, you know, for those of you that are listening that, that follow me on social media, like I'm a very laid back guy and I'm all for the, you know, you know, I, I want the game to evolve. You know, I don't want people to have to tuck their shirt and I want you to be able to flip that hat backwards if you want to. I want you to do whatever makes you comfortable on the golf course so that you can play the game to the best of your ability, but also enjoy the experience of it because of, in my opinion, that's what's going to help the game evolve and that's what's going to help more people get interested in it. I understand that you have to have some set of rules and some values to, you know, make sure we do have some standards on the golf course. Obviously, we don't want a bunch of fucking shitheads out there, you know, going crazy. It, which you already see on social media, guys getting pushed by or pulled by golf carts while they're shotgunning a beer, laying on their back, skimming across the yeah, grass. Yeah. And you see it, see it all the time. But it, you know, and it's funny. It makes for good content. And maybe that is what gets some people involved in the game of golf. And at the end of the day, whatever gets people involved is what keeps us in business. You know, we wouldn't have a podcast if the game of golf wasn't doing well. So, you know, it it, it was just it just set me for it set me up for like a kind of a stressful kind of mindset before teeing off and so i go to one i'm like rushing to the tee box because i wanted to get a snack i couldn't pay with my credit card so i had to get a snack and go tell the the sal the member is like i i needed a snack i'm like actually hungry as fuck and i couldn't pay for it and i had to put it on your account like can i pay you for it you know it's like it's like you know like he's like no don't worry about it of course it's obviously a snack and he's hosting us and you know he's he's treating us but it's still like i don't like people paying for my things like i really i really don't enjoy enjoy that it makes me feel uncomfortable so i was just very uncomfortable before even teeing off anyways first hole i i think it's the highest um scoring hole on the pga tour uh highest scoring opening hole on the pga tour is a statistic i heard don't quote me on that i heard it from somebody else so i was like oh fucking great like ready for double you know, yeah. but I piped my drive on the first hole, tight fairway downhill. Like for those of you that know Oakmont, I mean, it's, it's a, it is a tough hole. Pipe my drive. Yeah. I've got like a hundred yards left. I missed the green just to the right, hit a beautiful chip, make my par. And I'm like, this is, this is good. All right. Stress relieved. Like, you know, it, this course can't be that hard. Fuck that. <laughs> I got destroyed out there. I left, yeah. I looked back and I left 10 strokes out on, on the golf course on the putting green. I shot 85 
and I didn't feel like I hit the ball great. I feel like I definitely could have hit it better, but I hit a ton of fairways. It's yeah. pretty wide open. You're not going to lose a lot of golf balls, you know. Um, you know, obviously there's some fescue and in, in, in shit, but you're going to find your ball. You're going to be able to hit it. But the greens are, are honestly incredibly difficult. But the golf course itself, obviously super beautiful. There's a, a damn interstate that runs in between it. It's it's like really, it's it's really cool. And, yeah. and, and, you know, I wish that, that I could have appreciated it a little bit more and not been under that high stress situation because it, it really was a pretty special piece of property. I mean, mm-hmm. it's one of those places where no matter where you are on the golf course, you're seeing it like 70% of the rest of the golf course, you know, and I cool. think that's I like so, that. I think that's so damn cool. So, you know, had a pretty bad front nine, decent back nine and, you know, I could have played better and honestly it wanted me I, I wanted to go out there and tee it up again after I think it's a course where if you have some course knowledge and you can learn the greens a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, after one round there, I think you could go out and shoot five shots better, no matter how yeah. you hit the ball. I think yeah. you really could because around the greens you you would learn a lot. So Did I was like ready like to a, go peg Do you have again. a four caddy or individual caddy or yeah, not? we had no we had caddies. We had two two caddies uh for the foursome. Mm-hmm. and um they, they were they were really cool guys and and um you know the, the you know i like when the two caddies bounce back and forth between the, the like they're helping guys out that they're not even carrying yeah, the bags yeah, yeah. for it was really cool they did a good job good teamwork and you know i think the greens are so fucking hard that even the caddies have a difficult time with it mm-hmm. because there was a few there was a few times where like the caddy was like do this do this and i just hit a just atrocious spot and then there yeah. was times where i just stepped up to the ball real quick and played my quick pace of play and like the way i like to do it and read the greens my way i drained like a uh i think it was on eight i believe i drained like a 20 no it was on 10 i drained like a 25 footer for birdie and it was just like i did that all myself you know and i feel like had i had another stab at it i could have broke 80 easy i will say this dude like just for, I mean, we've talked about having caddies, I think on a previous podcast, mm-hmm. I would say that like, I've, I, like we were talking about Bandon, right? Like, obviously if you go have mm-hmm. a caddy, I would say though, that I lose strokes the first round of the trip with the caddy and it fucking yeah. pisses me off so bad because yeah. you kind of like, I play fast too. Like, especially when I go to the green, like I, I haven't shown it lately, but Typically, like my wedges and my putting is the best part of my game. I'm not very good off the tee. I'll find fairways, but I'll be way back. I don't, I don't hit the ball very far. But I'll go with like their reads, and I trust what they're saying. And like I, I take their opinions to heart when it comes to approach shots, especially like in links golf, because yeah. you never would think like you've got to hit it 100 yards, 100 feet left of the flag, and let it just you know seep its way to the to the pen. But putting like. I can tell you there's always like two or three that like I miss where I like my read or my instincts were telling me this and then I miss it and it just frustrates me and I get yeah. so pissed um, or they talk you out of a club that you normally feel really good about and you kind of right. don't want to go against them because you don't want to like make them mad even though you're the person playing the course or maybe paid sure. or whatever that is, right? But it's like the second, third, or fourth round after you kind of gel with that person where you truly appreciate what they have and you have that relationship where you could tell them no, you know? Right. It was the same situation at Pinehurst with us. I remembered you kind of didn't like our that caddy. We had like the same caddy for like four rounds. Mm-hmm. Or not Pinehurst. I said Bandit. Bandit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, 
you, you, you kind of do got to find your stride with the caddy, you know? And I, I think at, at, uh, at this point and going forward, I think I'm going to tell all my caddies going forward that I don't want reads you know, unless I'm like completely lost and I can't read the green. I find myself to be a pretty good green reader. And I also mm. know that my caddy doesn't know how I putt, right? They don't know what my tendencies are, whether it be leave the putt short, leave it long, I, do I pull? Do I pull with an open face? Do I push with a shut face? Like they don't know, you know, sure. and it's going to take them a while for them to figure that out. So I think putting is like kind of a thing that most people should just do their thing on. If you think you're a good green reader, but it's sure. those shots where it's like, it's blind or, you know, it's one where you want to land it short of the green, like on these link style golf courses where you want to land it short, but you want to land it short left so that it trickles, you know, that's, where it comes in extreme handy and especially tee shots too it's like there was there was a lot of tee shots on that golf course at oakmont where it was like you think you should be hitting it right here like you're visually looking at it and you're so convinced that that's the line and it's just Mm -hmm. so not not the line it's incredible that's where yeah they do they do come in clutch with that for sure yeah and it's so important you know and i but i think you know if you play a course you know three, four times, like I'll go to Pinehurst. I'll never get a caddy again. I know it, you know, and, and I don't want somebody kind of messing with my, my, my vibe and, and, and my process. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, I really did want to go play it again. And I, I kind of had hoped it was like one of those places where I could like go repeat and go play again. And maybe yeah. I didn't have to have the member with me. Nope. Yeah. God, I have the member with you. And I was like, well, shit, then maybe I'll at least just like go hit the range or go chip and putt. Nope. Members got to be with you. You know, it's like, and it was just yeah. like, that sucks. I, I got lucky with like, so Sage Valley is just like this, um, with hats, phones, all that stuff. And like, yeah, our, our host could only host us for one round. He are, he had like 10 other guests in town that weekend and he was working really hard to alternate us all in to play golf. And we were like new acquaintances. Like we just met. So it wasn't like he was going to host us two times. Like he had long, long time friends there. Luckily we met a guy that night who was like, super cool, a little older. He was, he was a billionaire, which was pretty cool mm-hmm. to say, I got yeah. to golf with a billionaire, but he, he was like, yeah, I've got two empty spots on my, my foursome tomorrow. If you and your buddy want to play, I'm like, uh, are so you serious? Cool. So we got to play a second time and it was the same thing. Like, I think I dropped like nine strokes, um, mm-hmm. playing that course a second time because the nerves were gone. I knew the course a little differently. Um, we had a blast, but like, luckily we had that member because I was the same thing with you. I was like, dude, I got to get back out there. And, but they had the, the right. par three course at night, which Ryan uh, was so grace, uh, gracious, uh, gracious enough to share that with the following of my shank. Uh, um, yeah. I, that I wasn't me. See... That was Joe. Yeah. Well, you posted Joe, it. So. Joe, Joe put me in the corner. He made me do it. Yeah. Shank does happen. So this, this title, this podcast is real. Uh but that part three course was dope and we got to go on there and they didn't care. Like you could go on there to like, I want to say it was one in the morning or something, which was super cool. Like Sage was like super exclusive, yeah. like Oakmont, everything about it, except for the part three course. Like you could booze that's up, cool. have that's fun cool. under the lights. And then as soon as the lights turn off, you got to go home. Like that's the only rule. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it was great. And you know, I, it, it was a bummer too. Cause we finished at like two 30 then had lunch and I was like, dude, I, I want to play more golf. And I ended up driving down the road to some like ho dunk driving range, had the time of my life, you know, like, yeah. 
<laughs> I just drove 20, 20 minutes down the road to some random driving range. I, I got there. I had a fan there, said hello. It was cool. We <laughs> shot, shot the shit for a little bit, hit some balls. I was like, this is great, man. Like, this is what I live for. And so, like, I don't want to come off, and I want everyone to that's listening to this to understand that I am not some privileged kid, you know? And, 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 and I don't want to come off as, like... I, this is what I think everything should be. And this is what I deserve it to, I deserve to have, you know, I want it. I want people to understand that I truly do think that limitations like that and rules like that are not great for the game of golf. And I only want what's going to be best for the game, you know? And, you know, like I, yeah, I don't like to tuck my shirt in. I don't like to take my hat off because my hat hair is fucking terrible and looks ridiculous. And you do not want that in your private club. If you're so yeah. stuffy, trust me, you don't want to see what's under this hat after a round of golf. And it, it, but you know, I just think that progression is so needed. And you know, I I think that yeah, okay, if you're gonna have a handful of courses that are historical and they're gonna uphold the rules of of the history of the game, that's fine and all, you know, I guess. But you know, and it is private. It's not like you can go pay and play there like you could Pinehurst, you know. And I think. Sure. That's the difference, I think, probably, is the fact that you could pay to play Pinehurst number two. You can go play the cradle, you know, mm-hmm. and after you play the cradle, you get to play replay all day for free. You can go out and play Thistledew and flip-flops and put your shirt on backwards and get hammered, and they love it, and it's welcomed. And that's why I fell in love with that place, and that's why I think yeah. it's the perfect home for American golf. So, you know, it's I wish more courses would be like that. There's always going to be the, the, a couple of you listening that totally disagree with me but it's i just it just sucks man it's it's a, it's a bummer i'm so grateful for the opportunity i'm so you know grateful that they set that up for me and i i i hate to have any bit of negative feedback but i gotta be myself you know sh- should be the reality of the game of golf I, i'm not someone who like disagrees with everything you said but i will say this like i like having like a nice steak restaurant that's like fancy and you gotta dress up to it and you can't wear a hat too and you're gonna go on like a a nice date to go uh you know show your girl a good time or whatever right like i like that i like the fact that those places are different and they're more like next level that's what you're gonna get from like oakmont sage valley pine valley all that kind of stuff what i would say like the big difference is is the staff the people um like Sage Valley, the people that worked there were incredible. Every single one of them, from the people greeting you as you pulled up to the people that were checking you in, the the staff that was waiting on you, to the people on the golf course, the halfway house, everyone made you feel like your family. And it didn't make you feel like you were at a stuffy, prestigious, uh, very exclusive club. So to me, like, I love that. But I don't think that's probably what you experienced at Oakmont. I don't think that's probably what you no. experienced like Pine Valley. We, we could, yeah. we could I mean, cut I, deeper on that. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Like I, I that's yeah. the thing. That's what makes me hate it. That's what makes people leave like, oh, I don't like that experience. Like I got to play it, check, it's off the list, you know. So it's like, I don't know. Like to me, it's like it's a special day. Put put your phone away, play golf, enjoy it, take it all right. in. There's history right. that's been made here, blah, blah, blah. I'm all for that. I think it's great. But I feel like if people make you feel like a piece of shit or like that you you don't belong there, then it becomes a bigger problem, you know, and that's right. what's giving the game a bad rap and all that stuff. I don't like that. I, I think it should yeah. just be the people who work there should re- thoroughly enjoy working there. They should thoroughly enjoy the history that comes with it. They should make all of their members who pay extreme amount of money, I'm imagining to be a member there, 
um, you know, they should make all of them and their guests feel super appreciated yeah. and really make their day very special because I would say that most people that come through there and play there as guests never get the opportunity to go back there and play a second time. So yeah. And, and, I, and they probably traveled a, a big, you know, quite a length to get there, you know, yeah, like yeah. you did. Yeah. I agree with everything you say. I mean, like it, staff, staff is huge. It really, really is. It really is. And, and yeah, to cut deeper, I mean, staff wasn't great. Yeah. I've got to be completely honest. Wasn't great. You know, like, you know, you know what really the worst part other than everything I already talked about and I, I, God, I hate to feel like sound like such a dick and like, like unappreciative of the invite to go play Oakmont, but like, Oh man, like I, uh, I got done, we got done with our round and Sal and the other guys that I played with, they're like all older guys. And they were like, well, we're going to go shower. And so I was like, feel free to bring a change of clothes um, to shower. And I had already left the hotel and I was already like mm. almost there when he texted me that. So I didn't bring it and I didn't shower. So I was like, kind of like alone for a little bit after the round. And like Sal had to like escort me to the bar, you know, to like sit down. And it, it was just like one of those like weird really? moments where I was like alone and so uncomfortable and like, didn't know if I should like be here, you know? And it's like, that's a fucked up fucking way to feel. It really is. Like I, I didn't like it. And I sit down at the bar, I order a drink. The guy that uh, made me my drink was like, uh, yeah, I can make you that real quick. And so he makes me a drink. He's like, and then he started talking to some other employees like, Hey, I'm off bar. I'm leaving in like 10 minutes. I got to go. Like I'm yeah. off, I'm done with my shift. And it was like, you couldn't take the extra time to just be like, absolutely. So you're like, where are you from? Like shoot the shit with me. Like make me feel at home a little bit. Like I'm just sitting alone. There was no one at the bar, no one in the whole room. And then this guy makes me my drink and leaves and I'm just sitting there and it's fucking quiet. And I'm just like, <laughs> this is so fucking weird. Like it's strange. Lot. And then, and then this older couple with their daughter comes in and they're members and they're clearly just bajillionaires and it's mm -hmm. and they're looking at me and I've got my little bag with my two hats that I bought in the pro shop and you can totally tell I'm not from there. And it was just so fucking uncomfortable. And so then finally there's this bell that rings like every time there's an order that gets made at the bar and it's like ding, 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 like drink orders. It just kept dinging. And then finally some lady comes in and she's just so pissed off and just like, uh, trying to uh, trying to get all these orders and I, who knows and like no one's at the bar the bar was like understaffed i was like how's it understaffed there's like 12 people in this whole fucking place and mm -hmm. and i'm i'm like ready to order another drink but i can't and i don't know how to and i can't pay for it it's just like a fucking clusterfuck and it was it's just like man that sucks there, sh there it should not be that way it shouldn't be that way it should just be so easy and accessible and everyone should be friendly like everyone looked like they were stressed the fuck out and it was just like why why i don't get it a, a two yeah, rant over oakmont golf course was great experience I, I i'm i regret to say unfortunately it wasn't the best if you do get the opportunity to go play i highly encourage you guys go play it i really do uh, this went on for uh, quite a long time but he said 10 minutes and it's been like a long time 30. so <laughs> yeah 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 we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna move on man it just sucks i wanted it to be so good well hey maybe we get a chance to go out there together and yeah. you can walk me through Please the experience do. so Please. all right let's move over to the first tea segment we got a lot to talk about yeah well we, hey, it's got to be a quick walk under four hours that's true that's true four hours or under well let's talk about the olympics so 
Everyone's headed over yeah. to Tokyo this week to go uh, fight for the gold medal. And listen, yeah. uh, I don't know what's going to go down this week. The golfers are supposed to tee off on Wednesday. There's a report of a typhoon coming through with uh, gusts of winds up to like 60 miles per hour. So be interesting to see really what all <laughs> takes place or how that unfolds, because that would be pretty shitty. I played in like 30 mile per hour winds at Bandon. It was not fun. I mean, I hit a full three wood into a 110 yard par three and hit it pin high. <laughs> so I just love uh, how you said that. That would be pretty shitty. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty shitty. So maybe, uh, maybe Bryson saw that uh, weather forecast and tested positive for COVID for for alternative reasons. So we'll, we'll get <laughs> we'll get into that. But so we got a pretty good field of players coming through. And I think as you alluded to earlier in the pods, we we're opening up, we're excited about the Olympics this year when it comes to golf. I mean, if you rewind to the last one, you know, I want to say there were more interesting players, at least in my opinion, as a, as a golf fan that went down and, and even represented the United States, uh, you know, and I wasn't very interested. I followed it mainly because Ricky Fowler, I'm a big Ricky fan, as we've said before, and wanted to see him compete and thought it'd be really cool if he could go and win the gold medal. Um, and, you know, Justin Rose went down one, which I love Justin. He's a great guy. Kucher and Henrik Stenson both placed, which I love both those guys too. Um, so it was overall, I think it was a good success. I think it helped grow the game a little bit in terms of, you know, the worldwide presence and just the Olympic setting. And this time around, we've got a deeper field. I mean, you've got Rory McIlroy heading over there. John Rahm, world number one, was going to be out there, but he tested positive for COVID for the 70th time. Um, so you, you have that going on. We'll get into here in a minute. But you have a good field of players. The American team is stout. I mean, you got Justin Thomas. You've got Xander Shoffley. You had Bryson, who's out because of COVID now. And, and Patrick Reed uh, is putting on his Captain America outfit to go represent the country. And honestly, I like it. I mean, Bryson's kind I'm of – Colin. Right. Yeah, Colin and you have Morikawa going over there too, coming off the heels of his Open Championship victory. So, you know, I like the Patrick Reed thing. I, I mean, listen, I beat the guy up a ton on the on the memes page, but I don't know that there's a player out there that really loves America more than Patrick Reed. I mean, he is like ble bleeds red, white, and blue. Um, he's very patriotic. His caddy Kessler's very patriotic. They love it, and they love the, that fierce competition where it's like me against the world, and this truly is him against the world. I mean, he's playing for his country. I don't think he plays well with a team. Like, like really, I think like you saw it even in the last few, like the Ryder Cup, the President's Cup, he doesn't really mesh well with some of these guys, and he was like 0 for 3, I think, in his team play, and then when he got into the singles match, he was fucking Captain America and just crushed it. So yeah. I'm really like curious to see like what he brings. I mean, he got the last minute call and he was playing out in Minnesota this week and flew out to Japan last minute. So it's got to be pretty fucking gnarly to fly all the way around the world to go play golf. I mean, he's probably gonna be jet lagged like son of a bitch here the next couple of days. So we'll, we'll see how that goes, but dude, team America looks great. Um, you got tons of other golfers out there that are representing their countries and it's going to be fun, dude. I'm, I'm excited to tune in. Yeah, I'm pumped. I, I, <laughs> dude, it's so funny. I had a, um, YouTube TV subscription through like my brother and, 
and my mom like works for I don't know how it happened, but I got a free YouTube TV subscription, right? Yeah. And that got canceled like two months ago, maybe three. So I've had no TV. I've had to like like for all these tournaments. You wonder why I haven't been watching a lot of golf because I don't have fucking TV anymore, and I don't want to pay a ton of money for it. I literally just t- tonight uh, subscribed to YouTube TV on my own dollar. Big move. Big move. wow. Wow. Yep. yep. Moving up in the Look world. Might have to cancel a couple of other subscriptions. Do you pay you know, your own HBO cell phone Max. bill, or does your mom still pay it? No, we don't have to. She worked for Verizon Corporate. It's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. Wow. Ah, this guy. I, I don't know if that was like legally, if I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> Anyways, I'm so, sure a yeah, lot of uh, uh, Verizon executives listen to Shane Cappen's podcast. So I think you're, yeah, I think exactly. you're fucked. Yep. 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 Or we're going to be, or we just got a bunch of narc ass bitches listening and <laughs> I'm screwed. So. No, uh, I we appreciate you all. We love you. You're not narc ass bitches. Okay. So anyways, yeah, I don't, I don't pay my telephone bill. It's co- It's quite nice. So, um, Anyways, I, I bought uh, YouTube TV so I can start watching uh, the Olympics. And, you know, I was watching a little bit of gymnastics this evening, a little bit of swimming, uh, watching USA beat the fucking shit out of China in women's water polo. Amazing. Literally amazing. I, I, I love this shit. I'm so happy it's back. Some of my best memories were watching the Olympics as a kid. So I'm very excited to to watch golf with uh covid um you know a couple cool stories coming out of it like how korea uh needs to medal to uh be exempt from their military service i mean it, it, yeah. there's a lot going on you know i mean it it, it 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 i mean let's dive into the to the bryson and, and rom stuff a little bit i mean yeah. you, you put a you put a little meme out what was your meme about uh about john rom well i mean first thing is like the testing is just, I mean, I was just talking about testing. Okay. Like I know people got all butthurt. Okay. Like the last time we went through COVID stuff, like thinking it's political. It's not, it's the testing is bullshit. I mean, at the end of the day, there's so many false positives coming through. You can't tell me that John Rom tests positive after, you know, being test being tested all week at the Memorial and then test, you know, test negative and then test positive the final round, they let the fucking guy play the entire time or the third round, let him play the entire time and then break the news to him off the green on 18. Like we already talked about that total bullshit, very disrespectful to do to, to John took away over a million dollars out of his pocket. I think nearly $2 million actually. Um, so that there's that. And then he tests negative and gets to play in the U S open and goes on to win. Thank God. You know, redemption there. I think that karma had it in for him yeah. to, to, to redeem him. And so then obviously he continues to test um, negative as he's continued to play and goes obviously over to uh, to the to UK to go play in the Open Championship and stuff. And then he tests positive again and he can't go compete in the Olympics, which, listen, he's very passionate about his country and, and his, his history and stuff. And for him to go and represent his country to have a chance to win a gold medal, I know that's got to mean a lot to him. And so to be taken that, to be, that yeah. to be taken away from him from, for bullshit testing uh, process, which the FDA or whatever just went through, or the CDC just went through and just like re- said that these PCR tests are, you know, inaccurate and can't be relied upon and whatnot. And so they just basically pulled the plug on him whatsoever. And it's like, Okay, so what's the deal? I mean, you see like Ian Poulter and some of these guys voice their frustration 
today and, you know, over the last few days on social media, it's just totally unfair. And like Bryson stuff, you know, that sucks too. It kind of came out of nowhere. Um, mm-hmm. Part of me wondered like with all the shit that he, that he's been in with like the media and stuff like that. Part of me was like, is this just Bryson like trying to avoid the spotlight and all that stuff. But like after sitting on it and thinking about it, Bryson's a patriotic guy. I think Bryson really appreciates the the ability to go play for his country and stuff. So I don't think that that was fair for me to think that. So, but yeah, like get back to your question. I made a meme of John Rom's face on Michael Phelps body where he's holding all of those, uh, all of his medals. I mean, Michael Phelps is the most like decorated Olympian in history so I photoshopped his face on there and I'm thinking like, how can I make this meme to where I'm not being offensive to COVID? You know, there's a lot of people who've gotten it. It's been bad. They've lost family members and stuff. And then also be sensitive to John. I like John, I like his family that want to like make him upset about it. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to do this and say like, if testing positive was an Olympic sport and this is John Rahm with all these medals. And I mean, obviously the post did really well. People were laughing because it was such a, a high highly talked about topic over the last few days in golf. A lot of people were upset about it. Yeah. Just read through the comments, but I get a DM from Kelly wrong about two hours after it got posted. And I'm, I'm kind of like, Oh shit. Like, is this like, Hey, this is funny, but can you take it down? Like, you know, we're not, we don't think it's funny or, you know, I, I don't know. I just, when I saw it come through, I'm like, Oh no. You know, I just, I'm like, what, what could this be about? So I kind of let like looked at it for a minute and then it was, then I opened it and it was a voice message, which I thought was even weirder. You know, I was like, okay, what's this about? So I go to listen to it and it was actually John Rom. <laughs> He's like, Hey, I saw your meme. I thought it was really funny. He's like, you'll never believe who sent it to me. He's like Michael Phelps. <laughs> He's like him and I are good buddies. And he saw the meme and, and shared it with me. He's like, pretty funny stuff. We were both laughing. He goes pretty crappy stuff I've had to deal with over the last month or so. He's like, but appreciate the meme made me laugh, you know, hope all's good. I was like, Holy shit. I was like world number one, just sent me a message about this joke. And during all this stuff, which he's going through, I mean, like it's crazy. And then the fact that Michael Phelps himself, the most storied Olympian in history, yeah, or decorated Olympian in history, sent that over to Rom and stuff. I was like, dude, that is yeah. fucking cool. I was like, just from a meme page. That is but genuinely so cool. Yeah, it was cool. It was it was cool to see. It was just good to see like he's taking stuff in good spirits. I mean, on one side, you gotta see mm-hmm. like it's gotta yeah. suck to not go and play and because of COVID. You know, I'm sure like you're mad, you're devastated about that. But then on the other hand, yeah. I'm sure there's part of these guys that are like relieved kind of um they're about to go into the final stretch of the season and fight for the fedex cup and i know that's something that like bryson and rom both want to do um not only is it a lot of money but it's a big thing i mean fedex cup is becoming more and more of a big deal very few players have won it since it's kind of newer so you have that um and obviously you've got Ryder cup coming up but like at the end of the day like it's a long journey over there the weather forecast looks brutal. You've got all the COVID protocols and shit you've got to deal with over there and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. Part of me is like, are these guys kind of relieved to not have to go all the way over there? Yeah. I think it's, that's all opinionated from, from their standpoint. I mean, it, you, you gotta, you gotta weigh it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and figure out what, what, what means more to you. But yeah, I mean, dude, oh, 
I don't know to go to to go to the Bryson thing like about what you were talking about if it, if it was legitimate or not. I think it's a hundred percent legitimate. I think you know you had Bryson during the match. I was obviously probably a little bit more laid back. You know he's flying around in helicopters with other guys on social media, <laughs> and sure. you know you, you you never you never know. So I mean it, it's it, it really is a bummer, and I I do think that that um, Rom's probably extremely gutted because to get to represent your country. It only comes every four years to get to win a FedEx cup. You got a chance at that every year. So, sure. I mean, what's more important to you? And I, I couldn't answer that question. I'm not in that situation, but ah, oh, man, it, I think for me, it, it would probably be the Olympics. I would, I would love to be able to say that I was an Olympian. I, I, I just growing up and, and loving watching the Olympics. I think that would, that would be, you know, a lifelong goal of a professional athlete is to be an Olympian. I mean, to be able to say you're an Olympian and to medal as an Olympian, that's, that's just absolutely incredible. It really, it really, really is. I mean, you know, I, you know, Ricky Fowler's got the Olympics logo tattooed on his forearm. Do you think if he wins Augusta, he's going to get an Augusta tattoo? I don't think so. You know what I mean? I mean, I might, might. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I mean, you know, but, but yeah, that goes to show I how mean, much maybe, it means maybe to these do guys. in some subtle way, but yeah, yeah, it really does. But one thing that I'll so, say this, and this is where I will get a little political, is I feel like golf is going to be like the one of the one things over there in the Olympics that's not going to be politicized. Like no one's going to yeah. be kneeling to the flag or trying to make a statement, you know, to the world. Yeah, you're not going to see any of that shit. No, you're not from any country. They're going to go over there and do what Olympians have done for decades. They're going to go over there and represent their country. They're going to try to make their country, their families proud, and they're going to go play the sport that they're professionals at. And that's the one thing that like, like I haven't tuned into the Olympics yet and I don't plan to tune into the Olympics other than golf period, Mm -hmm. because I don't want to see that. Like I'm a firm believer that I think it's disrespectful. I think there's things that you can do to tell your story and build awareness when it comes to the different uh, issues that you may have. I don't think kneeling uh, to our flag is the right answer. Uh, that's just my yeah, personal I mean, opinion. And I could get canceled by whoever wants to cancel me for that thought, but that's just where I'm at. And I feel like no, I can, I can share that statement, you know, but like at the end of the day, like you're not going to see that in golf, you know, even yeah. if one of the players believes in it, they're still not going to do it in golf. And right. that to me, like, I'm, I'm, I'm excited at least for that. Like, I, I think like basketball, you know, the, the soccer teams out there and stuff like that. I mean, it's just, it's like, it's embarrassing. Like, I think it's embarrassing our country to some extent. You know, I mean, those people are out there for a reason, right? They're out there because they're great at what they do. They're not out there to express who they are. And, and, and I mean, I understand that at a, at a certain point, you know, you, you are a brand, you know, and mm-hmm what you think you need to do as a brand to uh, pull that name. But like, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like you could compare it to taking election advice from a fucking celebrity. It's like, what, what the fuck do they know? You know, it's, 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 it's almost, it should almost be illegal. You know, I, I think it's, I think it's, 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 it's fucking ridiculous if you ask me. So, and, yeah. and, and not strictly about the election, but any, any issue uh, that's going on in the modern world, I, I don't think that, you know, we should feel like we should be taking the advice 
of celebrities or, or, or anything like that. They're there because they're good at what they do, you know? And if I'm out there because I'm the best golfer in the world, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to play the best golf in the world. And then I'm going to get the fuck out. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's what it should be. And I think that's what the focus should be on. It should be fo- the focus should be on the sport. And that's what the Olympics has been in the past. And I think that's what it should be in the future. But, you know, we, we could go off on a huge tangent on yeah, that. Yeah, no, for sure. World, you can, but... and it's, it's not worth it, but it's just like, I, I just, no. I'm excited. That's where golf's getting more popular in the Olympics. I think it's a good thing. Um, yeah. And, Olympics is a big deal. Like you alluded to with Ricky's dead on. I mean, you grow up and you watch these Olympians go out and fight for the country and, and when, you know, gold after gold and, you know, it just inspires you to want to become the best at your craft and, you know, to see these guys on the box of Wheaties. And, you know, I, I always loved the dream team going over there and playing and just dominating yeah. winning yeah. by 60 points. I mean, it just made you feel proud to be an American. You're like, dude, we've got the best athletes in the world and we're dominating. And you have this like B squad of NBA players going over there now that don't even care. They're probably more interested in like, you know, kneeling for the flag and all that stuff. And they lose to France. It's like, dude, are you kidding me right now? Like we just lost our first basketball game in 20 years to France. You know, it's just like, yeah. It's, it's humiliating. So I, hopefully, you know, the American team goes over there and does us proud. But at the end of the day, too, there's a lot of players that don't represent our country that, you know, I'm rooting that for. That we'll root for. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 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 You know what, I, I, you know what I thought? Awesome. This is a thought that I had, actually, this week. And I just I, I wasn't going to bring it up because it was spacing my mind. But now that we're on the topic of Olympics, I find it interesting where you've got, let's say, like a Korean player. I don't know if this is like a good analogy because i don't know if this is spot on but like let's say you have a korean player but an american caddy like that's kind Mm -hmm. of an odd dynamic right like you've got this korean player or say it's like a norwegian player or whatever but their caddy is american like as an american like you're over there you know it's weird because your boss is you know a competing country but you're in the olympics and you want yeah. I mean, maybe you're a patriotic person, maybe not. Maybe you want America to like win the Olympics or have as you know tons of gold right. medals, whatever. It's a weird dynamic, like because I saw on like the caddy, uh, the caddy network, an American caddy going over there representing a player who wasn't American, and I was just like, that's just kind of weird. Doesn't seem right, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I didn't know how to feel. You about see it that. in other sports though a little bit, you know. Like uh, I think there's been situations in gymnastics where uh, the coach isn't necessarily from the country that the gymnasts are from, mm-hmm. and, but they've just had a relationship and they support them. I mean, you look at Abe Anser uh, representing Mexico, and then you've got good old Dale from Canada. You know, yeah, and yeah. He, he posts he posts a, a picture of them too, and he goes and he, he says like hashtag Go Team Mexico or something. And it's just it's cool. I think it's yeah. cool. Yeah. I think, I think, I mean, to your point, it is a very interesting dynamic. And I think that maybe there could be some situational things out of that, I guess. But I think overall the player and the caddy have, they, they have a strong relationship and I think the caddy is completely supportive of their player and as they should be I, like, if you're from America, so does the caddy get I mean, a gold medal too? That's a great question. Cause like, here's if the they thing. Don't, Bet your a ass coach. next episode, buy or sell. Caddy should get a medal. Right? I mean, buy so <laughs> a coach, I get it. Like, hey, I'm the coach. I'm behind the scenes. I'm not on the court with you. I'm not on the mat. I'm not on the, on, you know, whatever it is, right? But if God, you're a caddy, like, 
you're on the course with you every step. You're not swinging the club, but you're you're out there. It's like a team. That's honestly a very, very, very good question. They should get a, a gold good medal. Take. We might have to we might have to clip that one right there. That that, that was pretty good. <laughs> that was a, that was a great question. Yeah, because we'll yeah, I mean, uh, they they are base essentially a team, and we, we have to figure that out. Maybe we're you know maybe we're a little uneducated for. Uh, I'm sending Dale a message that, right now. Yeah, send him one and, and and see what it is, and also ask him how the dogs in Japan are while you're at it. So <laughs> we're referring to Dale uh, Abraham Answers Caddy, who um, runs the Pork Missile uh, Company and uh, does the hot dog reviews. One snap, everybody knows. I love that one snap because you really do snap into a hot dog, kind of as you would a Slim Jim. Pretty cool. All right. Inquiry sent, so we'll see what he says. I know he's acting. That's a great question. On my post, I mean, so. I mean, if you were to say buy or sell, should a caddy get a medal? I mean, I know we're not in the buy or sell segment yet, and we're gonna keep our buy or sell this episode kind of a little bit off the cuff. But I, I mean, I, I would totally buy. I think a caddy should get a medal, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, I just sent the question to him, and then my phone died. That's that's perfect timing. I've got my charger shit. right here, though, so we're good. So okay, okay, uh, okay, cool. I won't. We're good. We're good. Ping him, dude. I um, I don't know. We'll we'll see how that goes. But I'm excited, you know, about the Olympics in general. I think it's gonna be great. I want to get your take though. So we've done this on all the majors. Let's do it on the Olympics. Like let's let's pick two players that we think you know are gonna are gonna have to take a crack at winning this thing. One maybe more obvious, um, and maybe one like dark horse pick. Be curious to see okay. who you've got because I've went through the list of players over there participating, and I've got got a couple of takes. You know, it is tough. Um, I've got two picks that. I, oh man, it's so hard. And I also don't want to sound unpatriotic at all. Like, of course, you want to pick your boys. No, you don't have to um, be. I you don't have to be. I know like, oh, you. I know you've got Americans. one guy from from the USA squad for locked in. So I'll let you you fire that off. But I really do think that, and it and it sounds so cliche, but I think it's like it would be a great story if Hideki won, and I think he seriously can, because yeah. here's the, here's the thing, ton of pressure on his shoulders, but he had just as much pressure on his shoulders during the masters he wasn't he wasn't playing for a green jacket he was playing for his country during the masters he was he wanted to bring the major to japan that's what he wanted to do and you see all these amazing stories going around about how the 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 world has changed for japan after that Mm -hmm. and the world of golf has changed for them that's actually really really cool and i think he's got a huge chip on his shoulder and i think he wants to go out there and do his country proud again especially in japan and i think that given the amount of pressure he was under and I guess in the way he composed himself, I mean, dude, that, that stretch of golf, that back nine, like, dude, it was like so good. It was so good. He was was so composed. It was, it was just like how this guy cannot be shaken. And, but you know, he was nervous shit on the inside, but to play golf under that amount of nerves, it's incredible. And I think he's going to be feeling the same nervous, but I think he's going to compose himself. I think Hideki Matsuyama has a very good chance at winning this. Also, I also have a really good feeling Rory's going to play amazing golf. Okay. I think Rory's going to kick kick ass. So those are my two picks to win. I do have a couple others, but then it's just like, okay, well, why don't you just say everyone has a shot? But, you know, I 
which they do. I mean, I, I guess I don't, I don't, I don't know if Zimbabwe is going to get the gold, but they're they're competing. They're in there. Zimbabwe. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> they got they got that guy Scott. I can't laugh. These. I mean, dude, to be an Olympian to represent your country to play golf. I mean, that's amazing. So yeah, hopefully really everybody is. plays good. I yeah. I I think that uh, our last minute replacement player Patrick Reed is going to go over there and cause some hell. I really do. Like I I give the guy yeah. a lot of shit, but I'm telling you right now, like the guy bleeds red, white, and blue. He plays so well in these type of settings. Like the only thing that's going against him right now is the fact that he got this last minute invite that he flew over there and he's going to be jet lagged and got to, you know, whatever. But you know what? Maybe the fact that he's going over there last minute and not thinking about this too much and just running over there to go play, maybe that means that he goes out there and shoots really well. Um, you've seen it happen before. Like Dylan Fratelli went out to play at the open as a last minute. Um, uh qualifier and went out and shot i think he was fifth uh played lights out and you know obviously that's a long flight for him from texas to go over to uh to london area so you know i really would not be surprised patrick reed goes out and wins um i know the world does not want to see that or hear that but (laughs) as an american you want to see someone from america go out and win and, and bring win the gold medal and if it just happens to be patrick reed great uh i think there'll be some great memes that come from that so at the end of the day i feel like he's one of my two picks that's gonna go out there and do it the other one is um abe answer so yeah. we just talked about dale and, and abe i you know yet to win on the pga tour but played really well it's had a lot of close calls i don't know to me it'd be really interesting to see a guy like him break out and win big time on the world stage uh, for Mexico, which, you know, country of Mexico uh, could, could use that in the world of golf. I'm imagining is to have someone like him representing mm-hmm. them and, and, and go win the the biggest match of golf in front of the whole world and take home the gold medal. I mean, it'd be a pretty incredible story. It'd be great for our buddy, Dale. <clears throat> we'll confirm here shortly. If he'll be getting a gold medal with him as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine him eating yeah, hot dogs, I mean, wearing the gold medal around his neck? It'd be, um, great. It'd be great. But I, 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 like I don't know. Him, I just man. see it, man. I think that he's going to go out and play really, really well. I think he's one of those guys who's just like really cool under pressure. Um, mm-hmm. I know nothing. Here's the deal. I know nothing about the golf course and I've done little research yeah. on where they're playing and what the course is like. So I don't know if this course plays well or suits well for any of those guys who knows, but yeah, as a feeling, I just think that both those two guys are going to go and have a really good chance, but you got a you got a ton yeah, of great players like over there picks. though. I like your picks, man. Like I've always said that I think Abe Answer his first one will be a major. Mm-hmm. That's just the kind of player I see him as. Um, and then uh, Patrick Reed, I mean, it's a solid pick. And I, I think this is where we we talked about how like during the Open, how American fans kind of suck compared to fans over in the UK. And mm-hmm. I think this is where you see the American fans really show their true colors as fair weather fans because, you know, Ryder Cup rolls around. Patrick Reed is the goat. You know, yeah. everyone loves him. So you're yeah. going to see a lot of support for Patrick Reed. And maybe he recognizes that support and he thrives. So I, I think it's I think it's yeah. a good pick. It really is. But well, we'll what, what he needs, I mean, here's the thing. This is going to be – this isn't a hot take. This is like legit take here where like <laughs> – he needs this. Like at the end of the day, I think he likes being the villain. 
Okay. I think he likes being talked about in a negative light. I think he likes the me against the world mentality. Well, he shouldn't go that far into that. I mean, he's, he's young. He's like 30 years old. He's won quite a few events on the PGA tour. He's won the masters. He's going to, he's going to win a lot more. It's this, it's his career is just got a lot of time left. That guy's going to play a lot of, a lot of years. He's going to play on the senior tour. He's going to be around for a long fucking time, whether you like it or not. Like he doesn't get injured. He makes all the cuts. Like he's a good player. I mean, even like call the John Daly quote. Yeah. I mean, he's not gonna pull, yeah, <laughs> you can't pull muscle when you're solid fat, you know, but at the end of the day, like he's, he's going to be around for a long time. Why not be liked? Why not want to have a fan base follow you and stuff? Yeah, like yeah. at the end of the day, like he can have that still. I think he still can turn the corner. I really do. And where it can happen is him going out and winning a gold medal and then coming home and playing really well at the Ryder Cup. Like if he can play well with his teammates and not be a douche and say douchey shit or whatever, and win a gold medal and play really well at the Ryder Cup, become Captain America again. I think I think people will be like, you know what, dude, this guy's legit. Like, you know, it really will win over a lot of fans. And then while you're riding that high, take advantage of it. Go do some fun content with some different pages or brands or podcasts. But no, I'm saying like if I was his publicist or someone like I would be like, dude, that's what you need to do, because why wouldn't you want it to to be popular? I mean, dude, his his like you see him out on the course, like you see his his uh, companies that sponsor him, they look made up. They don't even look like yeah. real companies. Like, I know we joked about that. Like we yeah. should like make up funny sponsors, or whatever, like just to be funny. That's like what he does. I mean, I've never even fucking heard of these companies yeah. besides obviously his watch company, yep. but like, I, I don't know. Big opportunity there for him. This stretch of golf for the next few months. I think he should seize the moment and take advantage of it. Put on that captain America outfit and kick some ass. Like that's my don't advice. to him. Yeah, and, and quit cheating, God. dude. Like fucking don't just, do it. Yeah, don't do don't, it. Oh my god, not during the Olympics, please. Yeah, God, that's so, so funny. You, you, you his made up sponsors at the U.S. Open. I saw his staff bag, and it looked like a, a staff bag that someone had like made, like by hand, <laughs> so that they could say like I got a cool staff bag. <laughs> that's so <laughs> fucking funny. It's sad <laughs> though, dude. Like, what is that? Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, he he, you know. I think that he's got a ton of potential. He really, really does. But I just don't think his personality is going to allow for that potential to come to fruition. Or his wife. Just... Or his wife. Yeah. And and in the extended family beyond that, I'm sure is is no better. So I mean, yeah, that, that's how I'm fucked up. I don't yeah. know those people. I can't make those presumptions. But yeah, I mean, it's it's rough. It's rough. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, we'll see. So we've got um, my picks, Patrick Reed. You've got Abe Anter. And then your picks, you've got Rory McIlroy. And who was your other one you had? Hideki Matsuyama. Okay, so four good picks. We'll see how it turns out, and we'll go from there. So we'll we'll have a little recap of the Olympics on the next pod. But let's jump over to our buy or sell segment, close this thing down. So we submitted – we had some people submit some questions on our live feed on Instagram. Um, right before we kicked off this podcast, Ryan jotted them down. So why don't you, uh, let's pick like five of the best ones, run through them and let's have some fun. 
I've got a bunch. And and so going forward, guys, we want these buyer sells to kind of be like off the cuff. They don't have to be, I mean, some of them will be, but they don't have to be in direct correlation with what we've been talking about throughout the episode. But like, you know, it's just a good way to kind of shoot the shit and get some opinions on some off the cuff stuff. So I like this one. I've got a bunch written down, so I'm going to try to pick through them. But I like this one. Buyer sell breakfast balls should not be an issue no matter what when you're playing not on tournament setting but just bre- breakfast balls should always be allowed 100 percent buying that all day long Fine. i love yep. me some breakfast balls even at the 4 p.m tea time i love me a breakfast ball or lunch ball whatever you want to call it even like a big money game yeah i do because you get well here's the deal though you can't just go up and hit your ball and hit it shitty and then like make the rules after that like i think as yeah. you get up to the tea box You've got to set the precedent to say like, hey, look, everybody, two off of the tee. But if you here's the deal. If you hit a second one, you have to take the second one. That's always okay. My that's rule. what I was going to ask you. That was yeah. what I was going to ask you because, you know, because you don't want to be the guy who like hits it like 250 on the left side of the fairway. And you're like, yeah, I know I can get it 270 down the middle. So <laughs> when you hit another one, it's like, no, dude, like you hit that next one, you snap hook it. You fucking have to go take it, you know? So yeah, I'm all day. And let me give you a little bit of a reason why. Let me give you some color real quick. Okay. So I spent like seven grand to go to Ireland with my friends. Okay. And we played golf for 10 days. We traveled over there first class. We got a huge ass van, fucking ate like Kings, drank like Kings. We had the best time ever, but the first round I'll never forget. We play Port Monarch and the first hole, I mean, you got the ocean to the right, but it's like pretty impossible to hit it into the ocean. But my friend Steve found the ocean somehow. Okay. <laughs> and then on the, the middle of the fairway, it's 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 a big fairway. And then on the left side of the fairway, though, you've got this pot bunker. And it's 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 actually partly pot, and then there's like this, I don't know, weeds <laughs> built up and so it's partly it's a nasty pot. bunker. Okay. Let's just say it's nasty bunker. Right. I go right into it. Like one hop, boom, right into it. And I've got like 200 out um, to the green, I think. Steve's OB. And then my bud John hits the fairway. And it's like, dude, this is our first tee shot in Ireland. Okay. <laughs> like, can we just fucking take breakfast balls? Like, because, you know, all of us are going to probably have a safe shot the second time. And like, you kind of want to start your round with a little bit of like positivity. Yeah. That's my thing. It's like, I will never be a pro golfer. Okay. Ever. I know that I'm never like, I would love to break par sometime in my life forever, but the reality of that happening is, is probably slim. I just want to go out and have fun. I want to go out and have that chance to go shoot my best round. Like if I go out and hit a shitty first tee shot and I'm stuck to it, like I just get pissed. It kind of starts your round a little, little sour when you know you could have hit a breakfast ball. So I'm all in, I'm yeah. buying it hundred percent like all day. God, the passion behind that. <laughs> yeah, I did bring awesome. it. Didn't I? I did bring the passion. <laughs> you I'm sorry. <laughs> brought that shit. <laughs> oh yeah. my god, that was good. That was you were you were really well. The, okay, the funny <laughs> part too. I guess didn't tell this part is Steve is the guy who told me breakfast balls weren't allowed, and then he proceeds to hit his shot into the fucking ocean. <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, buddy, you want to take a breakfast ball now?" And he's like, "No." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> 
yeah. I would be Steve so hard. <laughs> that would have been me. No, I, yeah. I'll buy. I mean, breakfast ball should always be fucking allowed unless it's obviously a tournament, like a legitimate tournament or like a club championship or some shit like that. It would be cool yeah. if the club championship came out and they were like, hey, breakfast ball in first hole, by the way. That'd be cool. <laughs> that, would, that would be impressive. That, that would be amazing. Fuck yeah. That would be the shit. If like, I ever run a golf club. Able- if I ever run a golf club, I'm making that roll. Hundred <laughs> percent. No matter the event. One mulligan for ball. nine and a breakfast ball. <laughs> and ha- and OB maybe a hazard. Hey, listen, why not? Why not do that in like the net flight, right? Like the, maybe the gross flight, like it's all like legit USGA right, right. rules, but net flights, like hey, one mulligan, breakfast ball, yeah. you're good. Yeah. You know? It did great in net. Played like, you know, like <laughs> shooting the shoot with your boys at the end of the round. Right. Uh, played great in net. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah. No. I'll buy though. I mean, breakfast balls, obviously. You know. So I, I have mixed emotions on the whole. You got to play your second one if you do take your breakfast ball because there's so many times around I've been like, oh yeah, I guess I'll just take my first. You know, like. Yeah. I. I you know, it, it works out that way. You know, sometimes there's been times where I don't know if my first is good, so I hit a second one and then I find my first. And then I play mm-hmm. my first, not because like, like I'll even hit a better shot sometimes on my second. I'll still play my first because I want to get my actual score. You know sure. what I mean? But like, if for whatever reason that ball was gone, it would be nice to have my second so then I can start off with you know a good little round. So that one that that's a little gray area for me. I don't know where I stand completely on that. But breakfast balls are badass. We love you, breakfast ball. We love you. All right. Um. Bah, 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 bah. Oh. Should arm lock putting be banned? I like that one. I think it's sell. sell. I'm selling that because if it was that much of an advantage, everyone has an equal. Everyone has an equal opportunity yeah. to do it. Right. That's my opinion. It's like if you if, if it's that beneficial to you, then do it. If it's not, you're gonna go do your own putting stroke. And I feel like everybody's already made that decision before this rule was enforced um there's a reason why you don't see rory mcelroy or ricky fowler or jordan spieth out there doing an arm lock putting you know like no it's it, it doesn't right. work for them so yeah i don't know I, I just think it's a little ridiculous so i say sell yeah i'll sell too sell. i mean if it was really that great you'd see a ton more guys doing it yeah. i want to try and it, winning though. and winning more often you know? yeah 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 I, I do want to try it though i saw a guy um at my club last week arm locking and i was like he was he was actually draining some fucking pots on the practice screen and not a good golfer i've seen this guy before not a great golfer but draining pots kind of kind of has me interested um, <laughs> all right let's see i think it. i think i think that you know like on tour you've got these guys that are obviously putting already really good you've got guys that are ahead ahead of the guys that are arm locking and in, in, in putts. Sure statistically and so maybe they're thinking like why change but maybe if they did it would be better but i mean people fear change so you know speaking of change um buy or sell do you think the dude rocking the white belt at your golf course should change his belt or just untuck his shirt and uh not show that shit period are are white belts going out of fashion i'm gonna sell like i i like the white belts like as a as a meme guy like I think people are going to be like, dude, what, what's going on? You know? And I've made fun of white belts in my memes, but dude, I think it's a clean look. I mean, I don't think it's bad look. Like, believe me, it's nowhere near the, like 
cargo shorts or like the square shoes or like that. I think, I think a white belt's fine. I think a big, <laughs> I think a belt buckle like in golf, like AK used to wear it was like hideous. I think it's, I think it's nasty, but I, I would prefer to wear like a blue belt with gray or blue belt with blue or black on black or, you know, that kind of stuff. I think white on white obviously is completely fine. Um, and I think you see a lot of tour pros still do that, but I don't think it's bad. I don't like, I don't think it's something that could be easily, that should be easily made fun of. I don't tuck my shirt in anymore though. One is I just don't like, like, I don't know. I'm just the casual type of golfer, but I've also gained a little weight. So I don't like to tuck my shirt. in. <laughs> but <laughs> at, at the end of the day, like I just, you know, I'll, I will, if I have to, but so I, belts don't matter to me as much, but when I would wear a belt often, I wore, I had white belts and I have, I have, I have a white belt, a black belt, a blue belt and a gray belt. That's what I have. I just have those. That's it. <laughs> Cool. So, cool. <laughs> I, I, I'm buying. I think them shits is whack. I I I can't say that I never wore them. Holy shit, did I ever? I wore the shit out of some white belts. I would shop for white belts like it was Christmas. Oh, look at this one. It's got some good girth. Oh, dude, this one looks like a white belt vintage. isn't like wearing a white watch. Like people who wear like a white watch, like dude, like I like, would like, say it's pretty fucking similar. You think so? Really? <laughs> Yeah. Like hundred percent, hundred percent. Wow. I mean, I, listen. I am like maybe the dad in me is like, oh, I got white shoes. Right. Might as well get a white belt. Oh, I got a white so, belt. Might dude, as well get are a you white telling watch. me my white New Balance shoes aren't cool, Ryan? Is that what you're saying? Like, uh, I mean, you know, I wear white shoes, you know, but you ain't seeing me in a white belt, dude. Yeah, the I, goat, you know, Tiger that, Woods. Tiger Woods wears a white belt. Come on, man. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, not on Sunday. <laughs> you know. He has a white belt, a gray belt, and a black belt. That's it. Tiger Fucking wears Tiger a white belt. Get, yeah, no, you're listen, not, that, and he's the best. Yeah. And I think he looks fashionable every time he tees it up. I would say he two out of great. the four. If Tiger makes the cut, two out of his four rounds has a white belt on. Uh, I'm going to have to do some statistics. I'm gonna have to go ahead, buddy. Do some research. Go all, well, go all in. Uh, I, 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 just, I just, I don't like the white belt look. And you know what else I don't like? I don't like belts in general because I think you should untuck your shirt. I think it's it's a lot more freeing and it's more athletic and you get good airflow and it looks a little bit cooler. But so you you've slimmed down though. So like you've you've gone yeah. up and slimmed down, right? Oh, um, even when I was super skinny, I hated wearing fucking belts and tucking my really? shirt. Okay, I, I was gonna ask you because like when I was when oh I was God. like really fit, I would you know I'd wear like tighter golf shirts and I didn't mind tucking it in. But I used to wear pants all the time. I was like a pants type of golfer. I like the look of pants and I would also try to avoid the crazy tan lines where my feet weren't completely white and my legs were super dark and stuff like that. I would just, so I'd wear pants all the time. And when you wear pants and you have an untucked t-shirt or polo, it just doesn't look that good. Yeah. That's not a good look. It's not, I I will, unless you're wearing like those button up Puma ones or whatever. Right. Yeah. That, that works. That works. That works. But I did wear pants a lot. Um, I kind of got in the habit of that when I was like doing my like PGA apprentice shit when I was back in the golf academy and like in the golf academy, you had to wear pants, you had to be clean shaven, you had to tuck your shirt and wear a belt. Fucking hated all of it. Hated mm-hmm. it. Like, I just think it's the fucking worst. But I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I like going out, you know, like if we go to a wedding or we go to some nice event, I get dressed up and put a belt on, some nice shoes on. That calls for it. You know, it's a nice event. But 
I'm I'm going golfing. Like, and and it's a hundred fucking degrees outside right now. Why why am I gonna, you know, trap all that moisture around my waistline and yeah. have my be- belly button creating a, a swimming pool for, you know, bacteria? It's just disgusting. It's gross. I don't like it. I think it's dumb. Um, but you know, you see the trends now where like belts are getting like super fancy. You see like little designs on them. You know, like. Uh, the, just like those, like very Joe Gilliland style belts. See, like that's, that's what I was just gonna say. And like, dude, no disrespect to Joe, but I hate I those belts. Last name. Yeah, I hate. <laughs> They're those so belts. bad. It's like, it's like you can tell that guy loves the fuck out of Christmas. <laughs> like, you know, like it's very oh, festive. Joe, don't, don't. Joe probably doesn't even listen to the podcast, so he's fine. No, he, he got kicked but, off. And he's like, but, I ain't listening to this shit. Not talking about him specifically, but just like you go into like. You, you see a lot of those in Texas. And you see them no, in I saw in Oakmont. I mean, yeah, they're see, all yeah. for sale in the pro shops. It's I can't like, stand those belts. Like, dude, oh. period. I can't stand like where there's a little leather and then like that stretchy material with like the little yeah, designs on them and shit. Little, it's like, yeah, like embroidered. I, if, <laughs> if there's oh. a belt that I fucking hate, that is it. <laughs> I'd wear any white belt you could give me. I'd wear three oh. white belts over wearing one of those. <laughs> I just don't like them. Yeah, oh, um, my God. yeah, that's just. <laughs> hey, glad we're on the same page. But dude, I don't know. I mean, white belts aren't terrible. But I will tell you today, to in today's world, if I were to play golf and I was going to wear a white belt, I would only do it if I was wearing like white shorts. That's it. Okay. I wouldn't do okay. it. I wouldn't do it wearing anything else because I know now, like, and I've seen it on the internet. It's not in anymore and all that stuff. And I'm. I wouldn't do it just to get made fun of, but at the end of the day, I still don't think it's bad. Like if I see somebody get paired with that's wearing a white belt, I'm not going to think any less of them. I'm not going to think they're a no. douchebag or anything like that. So, but if they're wearing I like, <laughs> if they're wearing golf sandals or cargo shorts or uh, yeah, something like that, I'd be like, uh, who is this guy? I'd probably snap some I pictures mean, and be posting it on Instagram, but don't get me wrong. Some of the things I'd be wearing out there, uh, people probably think, all kinds of things about me and that's fine but like white belt for me isn't about your taste in fashion it's about you hopping on a bandwagon that's yeah. that's what it is more for me it's well, like yeah you uh, were getting uh you were getting crushed at bandon when we were out there um we were hoodie? wearing a hoodie and, and joggers like joggers and i was wearing similar outfits yeah. at some days too and like but that's the thing is like when you go to Bandon, that's one of the beautiful things about going there is like you don't have to dress like you're playing in the PGA Tour, but you're also yeah. playing in weather where it changes so drastically like throughout your round of golf. Like it could be 25 mile per hour winds and cold air on the ocean coast, but yeah. then when you get more inland in the middle pack yeah. of the or middle of the course, like it could be like 10 mile per hour winds and like a lot warmer. And so you can shed off a layer or two, but like you want to be comfortable. You know, it's a hard walk. It's a long walk. It's, you know, right. going to the elements. So it's like throw on a hoodie, throw on some joggers, I mean, whatever. We, and go we, play. played like, we played like eight, nine rounds of golf, walked them all. Mm-hmm. And how go do that in some fucking slacks and throw a belt on. No, fuck. No, thanks. No, thanks, sir. Sorry, but I'm going to wear my joggers with an elastic waistband. So they're not riding the shit out of my midsection, which you know, it could be smaller and creates yeah. a lot of friction. If I'm wearing, if I'm wearing, you know, the, the wrong attire, you know, I'm going to yeah. wear some comfortable stuff. I, and it, and, it, and it, it's modernly fashionable 
So those that actually do appreciate it, they're, they're, they're ahead of the game, you know? Yeah. And, and it's, it's, you know, I, I had my Puma RSG shoes on, like it looked good. It looked athletic. It didn't look like I looked like a scumbag. It looked good. It looked athletic. <laughs> and we're playing, we're playing a fucking sport. It looked yeah. athletic and we're playing a sport. What am I supposed to be? Hey, I'm not haters fucking... are going to hate, dude. That's just the, oh, bottom, God, the bottom line. Oh, we could just rant on a tire. We'll do We'll do one more by ourselves. Hold on. Yeah, I got uh, one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do one. I got one submitted by oh, the guy who edits ooh. our podcasts, Eric Michael oh. Savage. So by ourselves, there needs to be more tournaments like the Waste Management Open to excite younger audiences by ourselves. 100% by. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Gonna... I, I would say that there's probably a couple people out there that would disagree. Mm-hmm. But lots fuck, of people probably. Fuck them. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck you. If you're listening <laughs> to this podcast right now and you don't that we could use more waste management, please unscribe. We'll deal with it. Like, yeah. We'll listen, I, it's a it's a big time buy for me too. Um, it's an event. Let's like, could be nothing, right? Like that event could be like blah, but it's something that everyone looks forward to. Not only watching but following along on social media, um, going to the event, if you're fortunate enough, I know you've worked that event and got to do some really cool stuff, but yeah. um, I've, I've caddied during the pro-am in that event and I've been there a couple of times. Like it's, a, it's incredible. The environment, the vibes, it's, it's like more exciting than a major. I mean, it's just, it's pumped. Like in the players, some players love it. Some people hate it. Some people learn to love it. Um, yeah. I think it's cool, man. And there's some, there's some places like oh, even man, going to awesome. the Byron this year, um, there was a par three that Jesse from G tech and I were parked up at, got to see a bunch of the guys come through and it, it was like a stadium around. It was like, you know, a fraction of the size of what it, what it is at 16 at waste management, but it got loud and it was fun. And it was mm-hmm. like, for a minute, you forgot that you were at a golf tournament and it's yeah. a place that you like, if you were there that day and weren't coming prepared or with the crew, it was a place where you called your crew and were like, Hey, let's go to the golf tournament tomorrow. Like it was fucking awesome. Yeah. Like let's just go freaking pound some, some drinks and watch the guys hit some darts into the green and talk shit and have fun, you know? And like, that's what you saw. And like, yeah. listen, there's a, there's a line there that you can cross where you get too drunk and too rowdy and, you know, all that. But I think that's the thing where they have a good enough staff around that manages that process. I think they could do a good enough job to make sure that none of that's getting too crazy. But I want to say like, no one's going to compete at the level of waste management, but I think every tournament could have a hole that's just super fun, you know, And, and, and make it lively. So yeah, I, I think that you know it goes back to evolving the game, and and th- I just think about all the times I've been to tournaments. I went to some as a kid, you know. Obviously, I was bored as fuck. It was just like okay, like until Tiger came, it, it was just like what, whatever, you know. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm walking around, you know, and it's hot out, and I want a pretzel, and then I want to go home. You know, that's what it was as a kid. And then as I grew up and I started gaining a little bit more interest in professional golf and going to all these tournaments, it was fun, but you had a really hard time watching golf. You know, you you had a really hard time following people. It was exhausting. You walk nine holes, your fucking feet hurt, your back hurts. You know, the crowds are annoying. They're in your face. You want to go get food, but it's kind of far away. You get hungry. You want to drink. It's far away. It's expensive. 
you know, you got to take a piss. That's far away. It's, it's, and, and then uh, by the, by the time you get all the things you need to be comfortable as a human being, you really don't get to watch a lot of golf. So I always preferred watching golf on TV, but I would so much rather be at the waste management than watch it on TV. But I would yeah. say a good 60 to 70% of the other tournaments, I would much rather watch on television. There's nothing driving you to ticket sales. There's nothing driving you to, to want to be there for an experience. And I think that every golf tournament needs that experience, right? Just like every golf course needs that experience, like the turn bar food item, like at Cowboys, you know, or, yeah. or, or the chicken salad at Pinehurst, you know, like it's all experience oriented. And I think that every golf event needs that experience for people. I think it's so extremely, extremely, extremely important, no matter what, you know, obviously waste management is a shit show. It really is. Yeah. They do a really good job. It's a zero waste, you know, tournament. They it, they have an extremely massive staff that's on top of that. And I, I don't think that a lot of other tournaments are going to be equipped for something like that. Yeah. But I think you could do it on a smaller scale for sure. A hundred percent. I mean, you just limit your ticket sales and then, you know, there you go. Your scale smaller and therefore your staff can be smaller and you'll be able to manage it. But but then, you know, people are all of a sudden you're selling the fuck out. You're selling yeah. out your tickets. Then you can yeah. bump your ticket prices up. I mean, it's just it's it's so it's so huge. I, I mean, that's a really good question from Eric. I mean, I mean, it it, I, it sounds like such a basic question, but it, it really you, you can cut deep into that one. So no, for sure. It's pretty good. All right. Do you want to close off with one more from someone on Instagram and then we'll uh, wrap up the pod? Yeah, we can do one more. Uh I don't know how to phrase this one, um, um, but I guess we we could buy or sell. Is it a dick move to BYOB at the golf course? Like bring your in your bag, the old clankety clank as you're walking up to put your bag on the ground. Like, hey, can I take your bag, sir? No, I got it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, man, that sucks because it depends. That's the thing is it, it does. depends. It all depends like, on the course. Like, and I'll elaborate here. I, I'm going to say bye. I think it is a dick move, but I'll give an out for people who can experience this. Like I've been to so many courses where there aren't bev carts out there. And if they are out there, they don't circulate mm -hmm. very often and they suck. And um, especially where I live and where you live, it's hot. And so if you're playing golf, doesn't matter what time of the day, it's hot, it's humid. You need to quench your thirst and like you need liquids out there and so you should be drinking water but you know maybe you want to drink more than that um so i think if you were to have like a beer i think if you were to have a beer sleeve like the pens and aces guys sell or if you want to just load up you know a cooler and bring your own stuff in those situations i don't think there's a problem with it whatsoever like the course could do a better job of providing you a service of buying your beverages and if they were i think they would i think more people would tend to do it i I like the fact like I'm not a cheapskate in most things that I do or if anything in, in my life, like I like to, I don't have a problem spending money right. if like I want it or if, if there's good service or something like that, especially tipping people if they're providing good service. Um, so if there's a good bev cart coming around or there's a good halfway house where you can get some food or whatever, I have no problem buying all that stuff and then tipping out and go from there. I think it makes for the round. I think that's what it's all about. Um, so I would say like in those situations, it would be kind of shitty to do that because you have people out there working in that heat, 
trying to earn a living and you, they want you to buy from them and tip from them and stuff. So I think you should, but there's so many courses now though, where they're trying to save money that they skimp on little things like that. And you could literally be out there for 11 holes and not even see a beverage cart. Yeah. So I why not bring that. your own shit, I mean, you know? Yeah. I, I, I'll buy as well. Like I think it it's, you know, it should be frowned upon, but I think it is totally circumstantial. hundred percent. I mean, uh, you know, today I went out to a place and I, I had no intention of drinking, but had I, um, it would have been pretty fucking hard. You know, it was one of those places where you walk in and then like the only place you can buy alcohol is from like this little refrigerator in the pro shop and you go, but got to buy it there. And then at the turn, you don't come back by the clubhouse. It's out on the golf course and there's no halfway house or anything like that. So, and there's no beverage cart. So, I mean, dude, like, thank God I bought waters before we went out there today. It was just, it was just impossible. Like I brought my own water and I do that all the time. I don't typically like drinking water. I'm particular about water, but, um, you know, but don't get me wrong. There's plenty of times where I'm at a course that I'm familiar with and and I know what, what I'm going to get, like, and I'll, and I'll bring my own shit. I've done it a bunch of times. I I don't mind, but in, in, and not only like the accessibility aspect of it, but the price point aspect of it as well. Like if I'm already paying, like a pretty good chunk of coin to play your golf course. And it's not even that great of a golf course and I'm getting shit service. And then on top of that, your price for beers or liquor is just astronomical, yeah. which I am extremely used to with the caliber of golf courses I've been playing the past couple of years. It's just like, dude, I could have bought six for one, for the price of one here. You know, no, you're right. Station. It's outrageous. It's like, and it, and it's like, why, why, why would you even be concerned with people doing that if you're going to price gouge that fucking hard? I mean, if if it's a place that's like price gouging like that, I encourage people to bring their own shit. And mm-hmm. like, don't don't even worry worry about it. Just do it. Yeah. Well, part of their answer would be like, "Well, we have to because so many people bring their own booze." Blah blah blah. It's like, eh, yeah. I don't know about that. But, and and then yeah. you get you get like oh we price it high so people don't get too drunk out here and blah 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 and it's just like, no, I don't think whatever. so. I I think it's a good question. I just think for for anyone listening, I just think really when it comes down to it is like to to know the know the course that you're playing and like be respectful to those that do hustle and are trying to to make a living and stuff because it's just it's good yeah. for it's good for the course. It's good for the the employees. It's good for the game. But at the end of the day, like there's a lot of courses, unfortunately, that don't take that service seriously and don't think about that. So bring your own shit, have fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. There's a lot of work to be done. I, I wish most courses were on the same page, but the fact is that yeah. so. I'm all for like bringing my own like little shooters. Like if you want to bring a bunch of like fireball yeah, or something like that, yeah. that stuff's not a big deal where you could load your bag and say, Hey, let's take some fireball shots or something like that. But we'll buy our, our beer from the Bev cart, you know, something like that. I don't know. There's yeah. a good compromise right there. We'll end with the compromise. fireball fireball. Fi- one more fire cells, fireball, the best liquor on the golf course is the, the best shooter yeah chilled it is like it's dude if you have a chilled fireball on a hot day like and you're just with with the boys it's pretty damn good but what i will tell you is going to start rivaling that that is i just got some screwball whiskey sent to me and Mm -hmm. i like peanut butter and it's a peanut butter whiskey and it's so good dude like it's gonna be tough to say like it rivals fireball but if you have if you like peanut butter it's a very 
good acquired taste. Like it's 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 delicious. So I'd say like that's probably going to be a huge be... whiskey guy. Yeah, I am too. And so I a peanut butter whiskey that sounds good. That sounds real good. Yeah, it's it's good. So we'll have it next time we're out on the course together. It's, I mean, anything like that. If you have it chilled on a hot day, just a quick shot like that. I'm all for it, dude. I'd rather just do shots on the course than drink beers. Yeah, I, I, I'm especially now during the summertime. Oh my gosh, I cannot, I cannot hang with the uh, Teddy Bruchachis. So yeah. <laughs> all right, man. We'll enjoy the Olympics. Hopefully, one of our yeah. boys can pull ahead. We got to have one pick YouTube right. TV. At some point. We're ready to watch. Ryan's back in business, so we're fired up. You know. Yeah, well, I'm excited it's, for it. Yeah, you know, I had we'll, I had to get it. We got a lot of golf tournaments coming up. I need to watch golf too. So yeah, I know we need you to be educated on this podcast, man. I was getting a little concerned. You like to, you didn't even know who like some of the top players in the world are. You're like, who's this guy? I don't even know. Doesn't watch TV. <laughs> I really months. don't watch golf. I don't. I I just can't. I don't know what it is about it. I just I like. I don't know. I watch. I watch some, but we'll be. It'll, I, it'll I, be I keep, good. I keep my ear to the ground. Hopefully it's a good week of golf. Hopefully the weather is okay. Hopefully the players don't blow away in this typhoon and we'll get some good action. So I'm looking forward to yep. it, but we'll recap it here. Uh, you know, so we'll, we'll probably pod Sunday night right after the Olympics and see how things are going and check in with Dale should, after they, yeah, they win the gold. Saturday night. Cause I think Saturday is when they play their final round. Is that their final yeah. round? All right. we, yeah. Yeah. We'll do Saturday or Sunday pod. All right, cool. All right. Sounds good. Well, everybody, thanks for listening and tuning in. Subscribe, rate, review if you haven't already. And we will be back next week with a new pod.